listening to Pet Candy. Welcome to our new show, Obsessed, a show where we talk about whatever it is we're currently obsessed with. I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm Clay. And we're Obsessed. obsessed. Welcome back to episode seven, lucky number seven. Clay, how you doing today? <laughs> I see you're going to attempt the same sort of like start as we did last day. Hey, numbers are, you know, there's a thing about numbers. Well, if I'm lucky, we won't have to do this intro seven times. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Now, listeners, we wanted to apologize because we are recording at home today, and we have a lot of cats, and they're being particularly active right now. So. Yeah, I, I hear one in a bag somewhere. Y- yeah. Meow. The house is theirs. We just live here. Oh, gosh. Getting started is always so hard. <laughs> have you noticed that? We're always, when we start a show... I'm like, Clay, we'll just talk. Like, we always talk. And he's like, about what? And I'm like, I honestly don't know anything about anything right now. It's very, it's hard. It's hard getting started. Does anybody else feel that way? I mean, I have a, like a small story. It's not going to last very long. Well, that's but... okay. Tell us a story. So recently, a world record was set for the current living oldest dog in the world. Oh, so it's a different one? Because it was it was an Aussie or an Australian Shepherd for a long time, wasn't it? The, the record for the oldest dog to have lived that we have reliable proof of is uh, was a uh, dog from Australia who lived for 29 years Yeah, Bluey. Oh my God, that is the cutest show ever. The fuck are you talking about? It's Bluey. It's a kid's show, and it's about an Australian cattle dog, and the dog's name is Bluey, so that's really cute. It's probably the same deal, because I think, yeah, this was an Australian cattle dog. Yeah. You know a dunny is a bathroom? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Super interesting. Anyway, the oldest dog alive today is a a chihuahua named Toby Keith. Really? Who's uh, over 21 years old currently, so... Oh, wow. 21? 21. And so, how old was the other one? 29. Okay. So, I mean, if he lives for another eight years, he's got a shot at the title. Dang. That's awesome. I hope our dogs live to be 29. <laughs> it says the secret to his long life was daily walks and a slice of turkey. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know about exercise, had, but I like turkey. Probably had all of his medicine wrapped up in it. Probably that's how we do so. it. Turkey and cheese. We buy a lot of turkey here at our house because of our animals. Sorry, we had to pause the recording for Clay to go use his dad voice to tell the dogs to stop barking. (laughs) Well, it's mainly just Kipper. It's mainly Kipper. Well, we normally, if for anybody who doesn't know, we normally record at my work because it's just quieter and easier. But today we had the bright idea to record at home because we thought, well, why not? And now we're remembering why we don't record at home. All of the challenges. Yeah. So um, you're probably going to hear some barking and meowing and that's just, it just happens. It's natural here. Or a really snotty cat who sounds like she's almost snoring. Oh, she might be snoring. Our little flower cat. Oh my God, we love her. She's perfect. So anyway, we won't keep you waiting anymore. I've been kind of teasing this topic on Instagram a little bit. I know what it is. He you does. Lose. Clay does know what it is. Okay, so here's what happened. So just the story thus far, 
you know, when you start a show and it's like the story thus far. Previously on Obsessed with the Palmers, Caitlin and Clay thought that they were using each other's topic, but it turns out they won't. I was never under the assumption I was using your topic by accident. I was purely torturing you. Yeah, this is this is a very toxic marriage. <laughs> I, I'm into it. I'm into it. But Clay, you got to tell me a story. Now, I would like to tell you a little story. You know what it is, so don't ruin it for the listeners, but y'all are going to know what it is, too. I'm going to pretend like I don't know what it is okay. and see if I can figure it out before the story's done. Okay. I'm going to use my imagination. Imagination. That is not appropriate for this kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, without further ado, our story begins long ago deep in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. A frightened and overwhelmed Mrs. Leeds discovered that she was pregnant with her 13th child. 13 is a traditionally unlucky number, and cruel rumors were spreading that Mrs. Leeds was a witch and that this was the child of Satan himself. That was obscene, of course. Miss Leeds was a lovely Quaker woman. But how was she to care for another child? She was understandably concerned. At last the day came and she went into labor. Despite having already had 12 children, this birth was particularly hard. She labored for hours as the storm outside raged. Despite reassurances from the midwife, she knew this was no normal birth. Miss Leeds cried out in anger and in pain, let this one be a devil. At long last, with one final agonizing push, the baby was born. It's a healthy baby boy, said the midwife, swaddling the screaming child in a clean cloth. Mrs. Leeds took the baby in her arms, immediately sorry she'd ever resented this precious little life. Yet right before her eyes, the child, no, the thing, changed. Leathery wings sprouted from the infant's back, and its fingers and toes morphed into cloven hooves. The face elongated and grew horns. With a shrill screech, the thing tore into Mother Leeds, slashing her throat, and then dispatched the midwife before flying up the chimney and into the forest. There it wanders to this day. If you ever visit the Pine Barrens, beware the Jersey Devil. Yeah, you made it to New Jersey, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Like, even if I didn't know what she was doing, immediately... I mean, five duh. seconds in. It's yeah. the state monster. <laughs> right. But Shakespeare had a lovely quote that I thought went perfectly well with the 13th child story. This is interesting. A Shakespeare quote? Yes. Okay. Who's ever done that before, right? <laughs> well, I mean, like specifically about the Jersey Devil. Well, in The Tempest, he said, Hell's empty and all the devils are here. Hmm. So, the Jersey Devil is often described as a strange bipedal animal having cloven hooves, a snake or devil-like tail, bat wings, and the head of a horse. It's often depicted with horns. It's said to kill animals, mainly dogs, cats, and chickens. Way uncool, Jersey Devil. And it's even allegedly left cloven hoof prints in the snow. It's said to bellow a terrifying scream at night and has even been said to be able to breathe fire. (laughs) We're about to sacrifice one of our cats to the Jersey Devil if she does not get out of here. (laughs) So, and another fun fact I found out was that it has foul-smelling breath that can curdle milk and kill entire fish populations. God dang. Legend says it can be repelled, but only with holy symbols and light, like from a lantern. It was once an ugly barnacle. It was so ugly, everyone died. 
the end. And that's the show, everybody. Just kidding. But the true story of this true origin story, rather, of the Jersey Devil begins with Daniel Leeds, the husband of Mrs. Leeds in the original story. Who definitely did not kill his wife and midwife. Right. (laughs) Right. So, uh, yeah, he definitely didn't do that, or did he? Right. It was a devil. It was absolutely a devil. Duh. He was a man ahead of his time. He wrote an almanac and used astrology and metaphysical philosophy, which was very uncool by Quaker standards. But his intention... It's, don't worry. Nothing's changed. It's still uncool today. Yeah, it's still uncool, at least by Southern standards. <laughs> but his intention was a very Christian one. However, he believed that astrology and the like could be used to bring people closer to understanding God, not rejecting him, which is something I really, really love. This dude's like a new level of nerd. He really is. And he was so progressive. And um, I like Daniel Leeds. Daniel Leeds is a cool guy. (laughs) The other Quakers burned his almanacs and called them heresy and nicknamed Daniel Leeds Satan's Harbinger. Damn. Which was actually weird because Quakers were unusually progressive for their time. They weren't unusually progressive. They were unusually progressive for their time. Right, yeah. Daniel Leeds ultimately rejected Quakerism and became known as a minion of Lucifer. Well, that's what happens when you go against the church, you know. <laughs> Wait, like like a self-proclaimed minion of Lucifer? No, okay. well, I think he eventually did, like, accept it and kind of embrace it as his thing, but the church called him a minion Okay, of Lucifer. you made it sound like he was just like, all right, well, I'm done being a Quaker. Yeah, well, I guess I'm a minion of Lucifer now. <clears throat> it's the only other option. It's, the, it's literally the only other option of this time. But had he been around a little later, he probably would have been one of our founding fathers. He was a very progressive, very intelligent man. Daniel Leeds was cool. Also, he and his second wife, Dorothy, only appear to have had eight or ten children. And unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> unheard of. And his, Can you imagine? And his first wife, they only had one child. So there's no 13th or 12th child going on here. Now, this is where Benjamin Franklin comes into this story. Did you know Benjamin Franklin was a part of this story, Clay? I didn't. But let me try to guess what happened. Okay. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night. Right. Uh, the Jersey Devil yeah. had just flown out of a chimney and was about to go kill a lot of people. Right. And animals, I think. We'll ben censor Franklin. the animals part. You can kill people, though. Fine. <laughs> we'll bleep that part out. Yeah. Uh, then Ben Franklin comes flying on his kite. Right. Uh, wielding his powerful key, uh, which he then zaps the Jersey Devil with lightning with. Right? Oh, my God. Clay, why am, why am I even doing this topic? <laughs> So it didn't quite go exactly like America's that. America's first superhero. It was Ben Franklin. It really was. Ben Franklin is iconic. So I like to call this story Benjamin Franklin versus Titan Leeds. And uh, I would really love an epic rap battle of history, please, for this. Titan Leeds was the son of Daniel Leeds. Oh. And he was not, allegedly, not the Jersey Devil. Allegedly. Well, we can't know for sure. We can't know for sure. This is history and it's it's our job to dig deeper. I mean he's wearing yeah. a, a he's wearing a trilby and a like a, a long coat. So right. You can't really tell. I mean, he might be like two raccoons in a trench coat. We don't know. We'll be right back with more pet candy. Find out why your dog pees on your shoes and chews your stuff up? 
Get our new book, Pet Candy's Guide to Dog Behavior. This fun and informative book, written by our veterinary experts, gives you the knowledge you need to understand your dog's behavior and to know when and how to get professional help. Check it out! It's available for free on Kindle Unlimited, Apple Books, and even on MyPetCandy.com and brought to you by Reconcile, chewable tablets for dogs. But according to an article by Mark Mancini, Titan Leeds and Benjamin Franklin trolled each other in their 18th century almanacs. Franklin implied the Leeds family was linked to Satan, and the story just got worse from there. Ben Franklin even went as far as to predict the death date of Titan Leeds, which of course did not come to pass. Oh man, but and like then, that could have been such a good flex though to be and like. And then he said that Titan's ghost was the one writing the rebuttals after Titan didn't die. He's like, well, it's Titan's ghost. See, That's but so I thought weird. it was going to be more of like a like a threat, like you know, Titan Leeds' death day is tomorrow, and then it's just like cause of death. And it's just like, I'm coming for you. And he just shows up at Titan Leeds' house and beats the shit out of him. Oh, that would have been cool, too. So, uh... He's like, have you read the news, Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> You're dead, bitch! <laughs> so, uh, where did I go? Hold on. Uh, I lost my place. <laughs> he predicted Titan Leeds' death date, which should not come to pass. And then he said that it was Titan's ghost that was writing the rebuttals. Benjamin Franklin, iconic. Can we prove that he didn't die? Mm, exactly. Well, it was his ghost writing the rebuttal, so. The fact that Daniel Leeds used astrology to write his almanac was plenty of fodder for the clever and petty Benjamin Franklin. This later became associated with the creature sightings. Its folks would recall, my grandpa used to mention the Leeds devil, when really Leeds devil was more of a political insult. Right, yeah. Like, oh, you're one of those Leeds devils. So then years later, when this creature was being sighted, it's like, oh, it's the Leeds devil. So that's the origin of that. So it appears that the story we know today came from these true events. Alternatively, there is a lesser known Leeds family, Deborah Leeds, the wife of Japeth Leeds. Clay, I want you to change your name to Japeth. 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 I think I'll die and become a ghost and diss Ben Franklin before I'd change my name to Japeth. Oh, how cool would that be? Like, I want to be on Ben Franklin's side. Like, Ben Franklin sounds like that sassy gay friend. Mm. You'd you think Ben Franklin was gay as hell? I don't know. He might have been. Or he was just really, really petty and all. I don't know. I like Oh, ben he was Franklin. definitely really, really petty. We've covered that. That's historically He's documented. He's my favorite. I love Ben Franklin. Huh? But yeah, he came after Daniel Leeds. So if Daniel Leeds had come a generation later, he probably would have been one of the founding fathers uh. had he not pissed off Ben Franklin. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people, actually. Right? <laughs> oh. Alternatively, there is a lesser-known Leeds family. Deborah Leeds was the wife of Japheth Leeds. She was said to have actually had 12 children, and the Jersey Devil was the 13th. It's said that she's the only actual recorded woman of the time and place with 12 children. So by hmm. process of the elimination, she's the only one who could have had a 13th child. It's and coincidence that she's also a Leeds. A Leeds, exactly. It's even said that the Jersey Devil reproduced with humans and that there's relatives of the monster to this day. Oh, yeah. So half human, half horse, half bat, half devil. Half snake. Half snake. <laughs> Maybe part kangaroo. We've covered this before. We have. <laughs> 
Our, we, we did not study math extensively in case anybody <laughs> cannot tell. But needless to say, there's not much factual basis for the 13th child story, as good of a story as it is. But fun fact, Clay, if you weighed more than a stack of Bibles, you were a witch. How big's the stack? <laughs> Like, I wanted to know. Like, is there a numerical sort of value right, on the number books of are Bibles? Heavy. And so I, yeah, but that was, I, they probably put like one or two or three Bibles and were like, if you weigh more than this, you're a witch. Right. If they wanted to kill you, they'd only give you two Bibles. Right. So then there's the famous Jersey Devil Hysteria of 1909. You know how these things go. One person sees a monster and then all of a sudden everybody and their brother sees it or has seen it. During this year, 1909, over a thousand residents say they saw the Jersey Devil. A Navy commander named Stephen Decatur, cool name, said that he shot the creature in the t- Pine Damn. Barrens. Maybe even with a cannon? I read. Maybe with a cannon? I, I, so I read both sources, so I'm not sure. The most common one does seem to be a cannon. Allegedly, it ripped a hole in its wings. I don't know. Though the creature seemed unaffected by the wounds, and it said that it left strange tracks. They tried to track it down, but the bloodhounds refused to follow the trail. Some people called it the Jabberwock, like Lewis Carroll's poem, Jabberwocky. This was also the same year as the mysterious footprints in the snow phenomenon. That's kind of a popular one that, oh, there were these footprints and all that stuff. A dime museum of the time cashed in on this mania as sales were low, as one does. They borrowed a kangaroo from a zoo in New York, painted it green with stripes and fake wings. It was hailed as the Leeds Devil. This appearance was based on the existing legend of how it looks, kind of tall, bipedal. Right, yeah. No, I mean, legs. if I saw a green kangaroo with wings... I don't, it does kind of match the yeah. the animal, minus the cloven hooves, but like, oh, but, but little kangaroo toes are so cute. <laughs> I like to believe the kangaroo was generously reimbursed with food, and only recently I read an alternate report that the kangaroo would try to go to the back of the cage and to make it scare people visiting, like looking into the cage, they'd like jab it with a nail on the end of a stick so that it would like lunge forward and attack people, like not attack people, but lunge at people through the cage. Yeah, I mean, knowing the history of sort of like animal entertainment, probably, it was actually probably worse. Yeah, probably was. <laughs> it was That's probably, probably worse than like a stick with a nail on it. But good news, uh, the kangaroo did go back to the zoo in New York, and I choose to believe that it lived happily ever after, and the person who stabbed it got an incurable STD. <laughs> But uh, hoaxes were a huge source of entertainment at the time because other than having babies and farming, there really wasn't much else to do because you couldn't write almanacs. Like, that's not okay. There are rumors that it could be the place itself, the Pine Barrens. The Lenape people were the Native Americans of the Pine Barrens. They were a polytheistic people, so they believed in both good and evil spirits. So, of course, they were believed to be devil worshippers by the local settlers. Local settlers, because they were there first, right? The settlers, yeah, no, that's not how that happened. They even believed that forest dragons inhabited the barrens, such as Msing. They also believed in Kimichini or Nightwalkers. The Lenape people believed that these were humans who traveled long distances at night in the bodies of evil creatures. So very similar to, trigger warning for Native Americans, Skinwalkers. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Skinwalkers are... We have to do an episode of Skinwalkers. Oh, that's... Oh, there's bad juju around that. (laughs) Allegedly, the Pine Barrens were called the Forest of the Dragon long before the creation of the 13th child. Locals say it's haunted. 
Some sightings of the Jersey Devil have been described as mirage-like, leading people to believe that it's more of a spirit or a demon rather than some kind of animal. Oh, and it's by Clinton Road, which is one of the most haunted roads in America. I forgot who it was, but one source uh, said the haunted road has everything. Creepy cults, a werewolf thing, the KKK, ghostly government workers, pagans, ghost trucks, and even aliens. Visitors kept hearing chanting in the Pine Barrens. Others say they experienced seizures and unexplained scratches or bruises, and even violent and disturbing visions, one of which portrays the murder of a young boy. And it was very graphic. Cultists of the Pine Barrens? Back in 1907, Richard Cross, <sighs> Richard Cross was a f he built the Cross Castle, complete with a bougie-ass ice house, which became <laughs> a popular haunt all puns intended. Wow. You're really going to do that here? I did. I just did. This in our own home? In our own home in front of our cats. I'm a, I'm a Leeds devil. What can I say? We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cookie with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. Because of the beauty of the area, the nature trails, and allegedly mass orgies in the forest at night. Hmm. He also allegedly had quite the occult collection. The castle itself no longer stands, but in the 50s, it became a popular hangout for drugs and alcohol. What remains of the Grand Castle, or what had remained, was demolished in the 80s. They said it was kind of a, um, a liability. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because, I mean, you know, we don't have any cool castles over here in America. No, we don't. And it wasn't like, it was kind of built to be like a European castle, but it was more of a mansion. They called it a castle. Oh, okay. And I read in one source that his wife really wanted to stay in New York. It was really bummed that she had to move to the country because it was like the forest, which I think sounds magical, minus all the demons. Yeah, which apparently were a real threat back then. Right, right. Well, it might still be a real threat today. But let's go back to threats with the satanic panic. Have you heard of it, Clay? Yeah, no, I think I'm pretty familiar with the satanic panic. <laughs> since everything I do has been a part of the satanic panic. Yeah, Clay listens to Metallica. Uh, can you believe it? He listens to Metallica. And can you believe I listen to Metallica, too? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to Metallica. I wear graphic tees. Whoa. I play D&D. &D he does. Magic the Gathering. Oh, my. The Witcher. I paint little models. Wow. <laughs> Clay, you are pure evil. <laughs> so every sighting of the Jersey Devil is either in early summer or early winter. Nearly all reports occur within two weeks of either the summer or the winter solstice, hmm. mostly the winter solstice. Um, and for people who That's kind of a weird thing. It, to... it is. And when you know about the Pine Barrens and the occultist history, and it sounds like a place that just kind of has bad energy. Yeah, like marking like when the solstice starts is kind of a, that's a more difficult thing to build your you know, like fake sightings around. Right. I mean, unless you're really familiar with that kind of stuff. But I don't really see those people 
being the kind that would make a bunch of sure false claims. And, and I, I'll be honest, I've heard of the summer and winter solstice, but I didn't really know what it was. So I included um, in here what it is. So the solstices are the sun's most northerly or southerly distance from the equator. So it's your longest or your shortest day. And the winter solstice is the most holy pagan holiday. This also coincides with the Sullivan murder. In 1988, a 14-year-old boy brutally murdered his mother and set fire to their house. He then killed himself. Tommy Sullivan was nicknamed the Jersey Devil. Damn. Mm-hmm. Like like posthumously or? Uh, well, yeah, he killed himself. Okay, I, so. I was I wasn't sure if like that was a nickname before he did oh, all the no. murdering. Oh no, no, he was after after all this, he came out and he was called the Jersey Devil. Gotcha. It was a murder suicide. It was definitely because of Dungeons and Dragons and murderous music. Almost certainly, almost drove certainly. Him to it. Yes, Tommy spent a lot of time in the Pine Barrens, allegedly enjoying paganism. <laughs> this, enjoying paganism. Enjoying paganism. <laughs> so. This was horrific for many reasons, but the main thing was the scene people seemed to remember that were there was Tommy's body. He had slit his wrists, but only pierced between the two bones. So he had to use his other hand to slit his own throat from ear to ear. Several professionals agree that he shouldn't have been able to do that to himself. Well, I was going to say, like, slitting your own throat is also when people commit suicide by bloodletting. That's not usually the one. Right. It's usually the wrists because it's pretty, it is pretty gruesome. Right. And he was propped up against someone's wood pile and they said that he was almost decapitated. His his head was hanging at an unusual angle. The story is that he entered into some kind of pact with the devil that it required a sacrifice and then for him to sacrifice himself, Hmm. which is really sad. Well, that hap- that's the price you pay for playing D&D. It, it is. It is. Cautionary tale, Clay. Is tomorrow D&D day? No. I just want you to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's been a lot of other sightings. So thank you to HorrorObsessive.com and Melissa Bastique's article, Monster Births, Flying yes. Kangaroos, and Benjamin Franklin, The True Story of the <laughs> Jersey Devil. That is just a circus of things happening. <laughs> I like I that last Andrews. name, Bastique. Bastique. It is a really cool name. It looked like Bastet, and I was like, oh, she's cool. So one of the most popular sightings of the Jersey Devil was by Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's older and much taller brother. <laughs> he was one of the first people to report seeing the Jersey Devil and claims to have seen it during a hunting trip on his border town estate. In 1972, Mary Ritzer Christensen said that she saw the creature on a road at night and that it walked across the road. She said it was taller than an average man with thick haunches like a goat and a huge woolly head. Haunches. Haunches. In 1960, they pulled out the big guns and offered a reward of $250,000 for the capture of the Jersey Devil. No, hold up. Who's paying that? I don't know. Some rich guy. <laughs> it was like it came from one guy. I don't know. I think it was like the government. I don't, I don't know. Probably a bunch of people got together and were like, somebody, like, just wanna, put an end to this. Who put the bounty on the Jersey Devil? Right, <laughs> right. A quarter of a million bounty. Oh, man. I could use a quarter of a million dollars. Well, all you got to do is hunt down and kill the Jersey Devil. Well, looks like we're getting packed to go to Jersey. Though many people recorded hearing blood-curdling screams at night, they never found the source. The Jersey Devil obviously was not caught. <laughs> In 1980, Alan McFarlane came across the mutilated bodies of pigs with the backs of their heads eaten. That's a strange one. It is. So it's not like they were like 
sucked with no blood or, you know, anything like right, that. Right, or just mutilated the, or anything. Right, just the back of their heads were eaten, hmm. which is so sad. In 1933, another forest <laughs> Right, there was ranger, so much more good pig to eat. It was the way you said it, like, and it's so sad. I do love bacon. <laughs> Your girl does love a pork belly. In 1933, another forest ranger. Oh, by the way, Alan McFarlane was a forest ranger. Oh, okay. In 1933, another forest ranger said the beast blocked his path as he was driving. It just stood and looked at him for a few minutes, then continued on its merry way into the woods. This creature was described as a large, black, horned, furry creature. In 2015, a guy thought he saw a llama on the side of the road. That's weird. So he took out his phone to take a picture, and it flew away. Probably not a llama. But this is a picture, and I'll post it on our Instagram. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Like, if you're going to hoax, like, come on, guys. I love some good hoax pictures. Uh, I, when I say good, I obviously mean bad. Right, right. So there's always the case, is it just mistaken identity? Is this just some kind of animal that people are seeing and getting freaked out about? One of those would be the sandhill crane. Some people think it's a tarsus pterodactyl. Others say the hammerhead bat. Have you seen a hammerhead bat? Not necessarily a hammerhead bat, I don't think. Aren't those the ones that have, like, horse heads? Yes. Okay. A hammerhead bat, and we'll put that on our Instagram as well. And then, then bats straight up be, looks like a Jersey Devil. Then bats can be big, right? They're huge, huge. How how big are we talking? I don't you know. Got some stats? I don't. Because I think I think they get to like four or five feet or something. Like they're huge, and obviously, you know, their wingspan has to be so large to carry them. So it does. Like their now they're not native to Jersey, massive. but hold on, we're gonna pause this real quick and look up the hammerhead bat. Yeah, I mean, these these straight up look like basically what you're describing, horse head, bat wings, etc. It looks like a made-up animal. One of the related searches was, are hammerhead bats real? <laughs> right, are they real? They don't they're, get enough attention. They're not real, right? Yeah, um, they're not real. They, yeah, they, they get to like over a foot tall, but I mean, when you're talking about like a bat's body, that's but most of that, pretty friggin' big. But their head, they have like... Yeah, their head is almost the size of their body. It is. Uh... But they, they get like a three-foot wingspan. So yeah, seeing this bad boy take flight would turn my my, my pants brown. Mine too. So the, it could be a hammerhead bat. There were stories of a zoo in New Jersey that went out of business. All the animals got loose. And allegedly there's wild animals living in the in New Jersey. I don't know if that's true. Hey, I mean, interesting fact. Hammerhead bats live to be 30 years old. I love that. So. And if they're reproducing, they could be going on for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. I mean, they're like located in Central Africa. So. Yeah, it's probably not. But that's straight. Like, tell me that's not like somebody had an exotic pet that they weren't supposed to have and it got out or something. Right. I don't know. But here's some parting words from Angus Gillespie, which is another really cool name. He's a folklorist obsessed with the creature and finding out the truth. He says. The Jersey Devil is evil. He's known for slitting the throats of babies in their cribs. This is not a cartoon. It's a monster. He's very wary of how comfortable the state of New Jersey has become, using the Jersey Devil as an attraction, a sports team, even their state monster. In my opinion, it's not a joke. It's not a comic strip, Gillespie said. It's a real, terrifying creature. And we're in danger of losing that point of view. But let's face it, guys, at the end of the day, monsters are good for business. So is it a demon? 
Is it a ghost? Is it just an unidentified animal, much like that of the Beast of Bray Road, that's become a victim of mass hysteria? Maybe it's all just a story. But I'll leave you with this quote from Baldare. The prettiest trick of the devil is to make us believe he doesn't exist. Watch your back if you're ever in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. You never know what may be in the shadows. Watching. Waiting. And scene. (laughs) For real, though, can you imagine, I don't know, like sitting around like a campfire, you went out into these, these Pine Barrens, and then hearing one of these dudes take flight overhead of you, three foot of leathery wingspan, Mm-mm. I'd shit. Exactly. <laughs> you make, I shit my pants. I shitted. I shitted. So I hope you enjoyed that deep dive into the Jersey Devil. I went a little hard. It was really interesting. Probably one of my favorite cryptids now. I'll be honest, I went into my research like, oh, the Jersey Devil's kind of cool. I left being like, oh, the Jersey Devil's a little scary. Jersey Devil is probably one with whom you do not f. <laughs> so, but, um, one with whom you do not f. One with whom you do not f. That needs to be on a t shirt. Hey, uh, y'all need to like follow us on Instagram and stuff so that we can give you free shit. And maybe if we get enough followers and we get enough interest in this show, we can make really cool t shirts. Like t-shirts that say, I am one with whom you do not fuck. <laughs> I want that as a tattoo. Like oh, all in scroll. Really cool. Oh, yes. Uh, give it to me. Give it to me now. So don't forget about our giveaway. We will be drawing our name on May the 15th. We've got a lot of people on our Instagram. Thank you so much for everybody who's followed. Thank you to everybody who sent in emails. Um, So again, for anybody, if you're just now tuning in, first of all, go back and re-listen to that. That was the Jersey Devil. That was pretty good stuff. But all you have to do to be entered is to like our Instagram. It's at Obsessed with the Palmers. To be interred. To be interred. <laughs> or you can send us an email to obsessedwiththepalmers at gmail.com. We've got socks. We've got a mug. And we've got some cock cola that we picked up. You <laughs> heard that right. That's going in there. And I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put it in a Squishmallow, too, just because we love you. We just love you. We're crazy about you. And you get to choose the next topic. Right. So if you send in an email, be sure to include what you would like the the next topic to be. Right. Because even if we don't pick you, I mean, maybe you'll give us some good ideas. Right. And if you, on on another note, outside of the giveaway, if you just want to request a topic, do it. Yeah, you can also just do that. Just do it. Yeah, even even after the the thing ends. Right. Right. So that's the thing. Uh, I, I want to bring up. Someone commented on one of our YouTube videos. I think it was actually uh, the last episode we did. Oh. And said that they could listen to my voice all day. And that was a weird compliment to receive. I thought that was so nice. I made sure to go on and comment and say I could too. <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't think I would be known for my voice is what I'm saying. Like, I know here I am on a podcast. But to be fair, this podcast was not my idea. It's so. not. I, I, I gave him to you people. <laughs> and I'm here for the ride. He's here for the ride. And he's so handsome. And he's got such a nice voice. Like, Clay is just mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, and also, if you're able to, you know, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever wherever you listen, please give us a, a, a good rating. Unless you don't like the show, then, like, maybe don't say anything at all. Because yeah, that's yeah, what our mama's Don't give us a bad one. Just don't, don't give us... Your silence is golden. Your silence is golden, please. Um, But yeah, this show means a lot to us. We're 
very into it. It's very therapeutic for the both of us. It's something outside of both of our works that we're able to just do and enjoy and share with all of you. And we we just we love you kids. We're wild about you. We'll be right back with more pet candy. Hey hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Well, that's the show. Stay tuned for next week when Clay tells us about... What are you telling us about again, Clay? Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to loot. I'm I'm up one point. I'm not mm. about to draw this game. I'll get it out of him, kids. Don't worry. We love you. Bye. Pet Candy, Pet Candy, it's Pet Candy Radio.